Welcome to Dingers. Top 10 position players are getting covered tonight, both for the season and so far in September. It's time for Dingers. This is Dingers. Way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go. Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Ryan Stanek that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live this straight-up OG lifestyle. Tyler Childs joined, as always, by Robbie Baseball from The Murder Room. What's happening, Robbie? Oh, nothing. Just thinking after I did the intro that I said welcome, and I'm like, that's your line. And then I just <laughs> powered through. So, uh, you know, You're more the <laughs> see you later kind of guy. <laughs> Toodaloo. Um, yeah but no I, i'm i'm good i was just telling you before we started i'm you know back in the flow cooking in the kitchen and uh wait wait know. wait wait what cooking in the kitchen like what kind of cooking is uh, it legal yeah of course it's legal it's food for the students at the uni university okay. that i work at well, i just when you say open with we're cooking you know, it could be a lot of things. I mean, yeah, I mean, fantasy baseball. I, a lot in Canada. The- <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not part of a weed kitchen operation, but I would be interested in finding out more. Um, but uh, yeah, when I worked at a very high end restaurant once upon a time, we had a baker who would be the first one in in the morning. And before anybody else got in, uh, we had an immersion circulator. If you don't know what that is, it's just it's like low temperature cooking in vacuum sealed bags. He would take his weed and his butter. And he would put them together and then infuse it. Um, so he would let it cook sous vide or under pressure for a couple of hours and then put it into an ice bath and kind of mix it around so it would harden back up. And then he would make his, you know, random products at home, not at work with weed. But um, I guess now that wouldn't be a bad thing. Maybe now that would make it even a cooler, hipper place. I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I'm cooking normal people food, uh, okay. you know, foods of all of all corners of the world and things um <clears throat> but yeah so anyway just you know getting back in the flow doing a lot of fishing with the boy uh the two the river that's around us we've got two prime spots we can walk to or it's like a one minute drive away and we can hop down so tonight after dinner he and i went down caught uh, a couple bass and then a fish that we couldn't identify so we took a picture of it and then i said we'll figure out whatever the heck this thing is so um but it's always yeah yeah, I know you've been traveling, Ty. So I'm sure people would like to hear about your most recent trip. Well, I we we hit Pittsburgh for a couple of days with the family, and it was just far enough that the kids didn't totally lose their mind in the car, uh, but not. Oh, too you drove far. it? Okay, we drove. Yep, we did the old drive. We went to a spot in New York that's actually really cool, kind of mid-state New York called Letchworth uh, State Park. It's a really cool little like canyon spot. It's known as the Grand Canyon of the East. Which is interesting. It's it's <laughs> a really funny. It's not quite a Grand Canyon, but it's it's a really big like canyon. I mean, it's uh, how it's only a couple hours from us, and I've never heard of it before. It was pretty interesting because it's what's it's a it cool called? Sorry, spot. Letchworth. Letchworth. So it it that place must have some. Uh... Swagger, 
No, quite the opposite. It was in the middle oh. of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. It, it's it's literally off the beaten path, and that's probably why most people never heard of it. But fun little thing uh, that we did with the family. Uh, the little guy loved it. Uh, lots of birds. He's into the birds, so he just goes ah and points at it. So that's the pretty extent <laughs> of our bird watching. Uh, but yeah, then we then we continued our bird watching expedition. We caught uh, Jay's game in Pittsburgh. Um, beautiful transition great segue. Yeah, yeah. um but the uh you know you asked me before what i thought of the park it's a beautiful park um yeah. it really is o'neill cruz hit a home run to center field that might be the hardest ball i've ever seen hit in my life uh in any person i there was a home run that mark trumbull hit in the derby in kansas city that i watched that was eerily similar to the one that o'neill cruz hit on sunday uh but it was an absolute missile like i mean okay. it's they talk about it with him but that one was a rope luckily the jays pulled it off uh romano got in trouble in the ninth and then did his thing where he he gets it done anyway but uh you know it's it, it's it was a fun city it's on the river we had a good downtown hotel so we were there for a couple of days it was great yeah nice well tonight um before we dive into the alcohol we'll just recap that we are going to go through all of the um hitting positions who has been a top 10 and in some cases there's overlap. So I did like 12 or 13 for some positions, um, how they've been for the season and how they've been the last two weeks. And then we can kind of discuss them from a dynasty ranking, uh, getting back to, to that because we are at that time of year where, uh, if you are not in championship run mode, um, you are probably trying to figure out who's going to be valuable to you next year. And sometimes when you look at how the season ended, you're going to think that guy's a lot better than I thought he was, but then you have to remember there may or may not have been things that occurred that allowed them to be good in that two week span or something like that. There are a lot of players who are on, on the cusp of losing playing time, or you have players like Whit Merrifield who post trade to Toronto has become a bench player. Uh, but their season lines might be deceiving once we get into the off season. So um, this is the beginning of that kind of transition, but I know Ty, we were also discussing beforehand uh, you have our home league uh, playoff matchup going on. I am watching the home league playoffs and not participating this year, but I do still have a perfect season going in one 30 team points league. And uh, I'm on a bye week this week and I do have Scherzer. So the him getting hurt sucks, but that's why you bulk up like a son of a gun at your trade deadline. If you think you're making a run so that a single player, no matter how elite they are, uh, does not potentially end your season with them out of your lineup. Um, but again, we might come across a few names who have been hot the last two weeks that might be able to help some of those other dynasty guys out there. Some waiver wire gold, perhaps. That's right. Yeah, and and I mean, playoff time is always interesting because there's so much lineup construction stuff that you have to really put your thought into <clears throat> because it's end of season. They're either stretching guys out or you know pushing them that extra inning, and sometimes that can be a disaster. If you have a starting pitcher that really should have been pulled after the fifth inning, but they're trying to get his inning count up, you know, as we might see with uh, Brubaker this evening, um, <laughs> exhibit A. You're very um, upset about this start. <laughs> I am, yeah, yeah, I am. So the the reality here, though, is that that's what you have to be careful. You got to watch for those landmines. Um, you also take advantage of it in some instances. Like if you're trying to win a strikeout category like I am right now, I ran Jack Flaherty out, who is murdering me with walks. Um, he was supposed to get me strikeouts, and instead he's getting me walks. Zero strikeouts, four walks. Really doing a great job for me tonight. Um, I, I thought maybe I would get four out of him, and that would almost ice the, the strikeout category for me. Uh, instead, I'm getting the complete opposite. But uh, that's 
part of fantasy baseball. You win some, you lose some. Um, Sounds but, like you could use a drink tie. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's probably true. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. couldn't do a pop so i hope you can yeah. hear the uh the pouring oh yeah i'm not I sure if it was loud enough me. or not yeah but i gave it i gave it the old college try so we'll see what happens but yeah let's let's dive into it Robbie. this is a pretty long one in terms of content we're gonna cut through some of the stuff that we don't need to cover the obvious ones where hey freddie freeman's a top first baseman yeah cool we know that uh we'll sift through that a little bit as we go through each position so if we miss a guy and you're like why isn't that guy talked about or we skip through the obvious guys just Relax. We all know they're good. We're here to talk about some of the surprises or things to look forward moving forward. Um, oh, and just sorry, Ty, the precursor to this is that I used um, points for the last two weeks and uh, for the season for this, because originally I was like, oh, I'll do eight by eight. We, we always talk about eight by eight. I'll do five by five. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? Let's just do points because points tends to be more of a positive scoring. Um, so you're not hurting you know the joey gallo that's the classic right the high k guys aren't necessarily uh useless in this so let's try to level the playing field and then depending on your league settings of course right you could have obp slugging whatever it is um so so you know if you're thinking to yourself well he's not in my league you know he's not a top whatever well you know settings dependent of course right um that's the, the thing but we, we almost skipped ty what is it that you are drinking tonight you you made a nice little glass noise what's in it what's in the glass yeah, if you don't hear the cork it means i've got this very questionable uncorked bottle board for all old forester from the lcbo here uh why it's okay. not corked I, I don't know um i'm not that much of an aficionado i just know it tastes good all right well before we go any further i guess got? i've got the i've got the crown float and i went with Shocking. the classic we're all yeah, shocked. we're all surprised here ladies and gentlemen Everyone's i went with surprised. the classic strongbow however ty mixed it up it's strongbow gold because you know it's September and we're trying to win gold. I'm here. very important. Um, World Series uh, championships. Uh, yeah. Many and also, goals. you can always find us. And 100. <laughs> I am classy AF. Um, don't forget, you can always hit us up at Dinger's Pod on Twitter. Uh, find Ty at Turny Boss or myself at Robbie Baseball One. And the only bit of hot news we've got, Ty, is the Great Lakes Loon update. Um, that is the. High A affiliate for Los Angeles Dodgers, Diego Cartilla and his loons are headed to the postseason. And just for everybody's knowledge, since we're going to kick it off, as I like to do with topics with catchers, Cartilla, uh, 254 average on the season, 895 OPS and 22 dingers. Uh, great season from a catcher and he's 21. So it is time for him to start moving up within the Dodgers organization. And the fun thing is that when we transition tie, from talking about my loons to talking about the top 10 catchers on the season, we kick it off with the Dingers consensus. Number one dynasty catcher, Will Smith. Um, he, whoops, he has retained that through the season. Uh, JT Romuto, number two, Dalton Varsho. Congratulations, stepping up. Uh, number three, Sean Murphy, number four. I would say that's pretty underrated. Sean Murphy was hot the last six mm -hmm. weeks to get to this point, but that's where he's sitting on the year. Alejandro Kirk, 
with Toronto, Wilson Contreras with the Cubs, Adley Rushman showing just how little production catchers have that Adley Rushman's point total for the season is seventh amongst catchers. Who's he just in front of? Salvador Perez, everybody's consensus pick as a top three catcher. He's slid back. Um, teammate MJ Melendez is ninth. Travis Darno eighth. Cal Raleigh, I think, is 10th or 11th on here. I'm getting confused with where we are. Uh, Jonah Heem, Heim, who had the hot start with Texas. Uh, Kyber Ruiz with Washington. Uh, Christian Vasquez now with Houston. And I, I mean, Vax, Vasquez, I think, if, if the trade didn't happen, would still be a top 10 guy. Houston's just um, using him to win games, not. Uh, make him the best player he can be. And then 15th, which I thought was interesting, which is why he's included, is William Contreras with um, Atlanta. So that's kind of interesting that we we do see a lot of youth on here, Ty. I think something we've always talked about is that guys come out of nowhere. Um, I don't see anybody that, to me, has come out of nowhere on this list, but I am impressed uh, that um, the second half after the demotion for Cal Raleigh, uh, that he's he's been up and he's been good. And that that makes me happy. I think there'll be very few people that would have had William Contreras being a big jump this year, right? Like, I mean, I, yeah. I think there's enough people that know about him and know who he was going to be. I just, I don't believe there's going to be a ton of people I could sit here and say, I saw that one coming. Um, if you play in a really deep fantasy league, you, you know, right. But you know, we're still talking about a small percentage of, of the people that play fantasy baseball that would uh, have, have it that deep. So I think that's, you know, something just noteworthy. But yeah, other than that on this list, I think the big one for me uh, that I'm excited about is MJ Melendez. I think this is a guy that everybody knew was coming. I, I'm just in love with his swing. It's just one of those ones that I just see. I, I kind of see the ability to spray it. He hasn't quite shown it off at the pro level yet, but I just think as that polish comes around for him, I think he's just going to be a really fun guy to watch moving forward. And, and I, you know, just a tip of the cap to Riamuto, who's been just a, a weird yeah. catcher this year, stealing bases and doing all kinds of different things. So, I mean, Kirk is the one that you and I flagged on the offseason. We've talked about it all offseason with other Jays fans. Like, we knew yeah, this I was coming. Yeah, he'd be the like, surprise, right? Of this list inside the top 10, he'd be the one who people would have said, no, 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 no. And, I mean, I certainly had my doubts, but that had a lot more to do with Toronto's uh, three-catcher system that they seem so content with than it did Kirk's ability to swing and two teams, which Toronto's not one of them, two teams of the top 15 guys that I mentioned are teammates, uh, Salvi and Melendez and Melendez has been playing in the outfield a little bit as well. And uh, the other teammates here, who the heck was it? I just Atlanta, Travis Darno and uh, Contreras. So they're both, you know, nine, 10, uh, 11 and 15 on the list. But I mean, it, it again, it, it says a lot about, how poor the position is that you can have teammates be in the top 15 for total production at a position, you know, in the top inside the top 15, you've got four guys from two teams on there. So, um, yep, yeah, I totally agree. Good old catchers. But in the last two <laughs> weeks, uh, the little fun fact here, and this is where we do see at least see some difference in the names. Varsho has been the top catcher, Cal Raleigh, second, Salvi, third, Adley, fourth, Eric Haas with Detroit, uh, Alejandro Kirk, Yadier Molina, nice to see him uh, hopefully finish strong in September. Then JT Romuto, Sean Murphy, ninth, and then Will Smith is 10th. So it's almost a reversal of the top of the list, but still inside the top 10. Uh, the consistent guys, right? They're still they're still there. They're getting it done. Um, Eric Haas has been an interesting one. Uh, not that you want to roster him or have him, but if you are in a real pinch 
and for some reason you're able to have him. You know, it's kind of like what was it? P P J Higgins, I think was the guy's name, who yep. came on with the Cubbies. Came on strong, right? And then yeah, as soon as everyone strong. got, <laughs> well, he was playing okay. Had a, I think a multi homer game or something, and then everyone got excited about him, thinking like, oh, there's a possibility because he could move to first base, and then. Um, he went like 0 for 20 <laughs> and had 11 Ks or something ridiculous like that. It's like, oh, never mind. He's not supposed to be here. Um, you know, Eric Haas to me seems like that kind of a guy, right? He's he's up, but when when he's doing well, like right now, it's a surprise, a genuine surprise. It's not necessarily like that's that's who we thought he would be. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, Cal Raleigh's the, an interesting one here uh, in mm -hmm. this group, you know, just as a guy that is somebody that obviously has power. Like, I don't think that was ever really the question. Um, for me, it was just a matter of whether he could stick with the hit tool. And, and frankly, he's shown shown some rough around the edges moments this year, right? Where he's had good stretches of contact and then just disappeared. But yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting list. Like for me, we've talked about it and I've, I've mentioned him at length. Like I love Sean Murphy. He's probably one of my favorite guys behind the dish right now. Uh, and he gets no attention in Oakland because Oakland's so bad, but we see him on both lists here, both the last two weeks and both yeah. and for the full season rank as a guy that just nobody's noticing still. Um, and, and as you said, there's not enough production here. So give me the guy that's a good defender, has good tools, and is probably going to be on a different roster that, uh, this, to start next season, right? Yeah, if I had an, an early offseason target amongst the list of names we just gave for the season in two weeks, Murphy would be my number one. That's my bullseye, uh, a secondary target. But I, I actually think would be harder to acquire would be Cal Raleigh because mm -hmm. whoever has him in your league has watched the up and down and has left him on their roster. You know, after he came up, um, Eclipse, I think he eclipsed rookie eligibility last year. So they chose to keep him around even through the struggle. So I think he'd be hard to acquire now. Um, but I would absolutely look into an investment in a Sean Murphy because like you said, Ty, if he moves to a different team, he's not going to move to go platoon. Like whoever would get him knows what he can do and would just need him to be healthy and the playing time is going to be there. So yep. um, I like him, but I mean, that's that's enough of catchers, really. Yeah, I agree. Really quick pit stop <laughs> and a good transition to first base. Albert Pujols just hit another home run, so he's four away from the 700 number. Just saying. Ooh, okay, um, so we've got, what's he got left, 16 games? Yeah, he he's going to get there. Even, even if the last series they throw him fastballs down the dick. Right. Um, it's Who's, who happen. are they playing against, right? Like, I don't, would I don't the other know. other teams want to see it happen almost? Yeah, it's going to happen. There's no way they're going to not let him get there. There's no way. Imagine if you played. See. Sorry, Ty. Imagine if you played the Angels and they just intentionally walked him. <laughs> oh, that'd be Just awful. because that would just be another reason to hate the Angels. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. all the talent it, it, in the world. And let's say Pujols is two away. Like they wouldn't do it, but you know, if he's two away and they just like intentionally walk him, like how pissed, you know? Yeah. No chance at history. Anyway, so, first base. Segue, segue into first. Um, you know, the, the season list is pretty straightforward. There's only really one real surprise on this list for me, Robbie. Um, so sure it's, it's Goldschmidt, the Freeman, <laughs> yeah, Goldschmidt, Freeman, Alonzo, Guerrero Jr., Olsen, Christian Walker, Josh Bell, uh, CJ Cron uh reese hoskins and jose abreu um i said one it's obviously christian walker like i don't think anyone's really surprised because there was there was a moment last year where everybody's like holy crap this christian walker guy's kind of good right yeah. um then there was a moment where like this guy sucks it's kind of like the the groundskeepers in major league right like uh <laughs> just kind of the opposite of <laughs> good to, good to shitty, well, shitty to good right like <laughs> as as arizona fell off i think people just stopped paying attention 
right? Yeah. And it's not like Walker finished the year strong or anything like that. He he is kind of a guy who they're like, yeah, like he's he's out there, you know, playing. And that's the extent of it. It's it's his collective work. It's not um, necessarily any individual week that he has just been, or not, I shouldn't say week, but weeks at this point in the season. Uh, but it's good to see Josh Bell continued, you know, as he's gone to San Diego, he's still been good. And and I, I think we were talking beforehand, CJ Cron. Um, yep. It's great to see that CJ Cron, second season in, in Colorado, is still getting it done. Um, you know, you can say the ballpark, you can say whatever you want, but like Ty, you had said, I think two years ago, when CJ Cron's healthy, he's a 30, he's a 30 dinger guy. That's yep. just who he is. You put him in the lineup, he is healthy, he will hit 30. And that that's what he's doing again. You know, um, great to see Goldie doing what he's doing. Everybody else, it's good. You know, Alonzo, uh, always happy for him, except when I don't roster him in a league uh where I'm competing, then it's useless. Uh but well, the, and really the vol- the only... go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, finish. Well, the volatility is only in the week to week. Um, it's not in the overall because the list is very different when we go to the last two weeks versus uh, the season. And I think the season speaks for itself, right? Like you don't want a guy who's going to get benched in September uh, to be on your roster right now. And when you look at the list of all these guys, like this is pedigree baseball players right here. This is why you draft them early in redraft, why you pay the Piper in dynasty. You don't want to get into a situation where you have, nothing at first base because it's going to be really hard to compete with the teams who have these guys. Right. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, the only one that we're really missing um, in our list here that um, we had two guys in our top 10 that are are missing here, Andrew Vaughn, who we thought would creep in uh, potentially this year, but keeping in mind that our top 10 is over a five-year stretch. So I still feel feel good about Andrew Vaughn over a five-year window in this list, but Trey Mancini is also in our list. Um, and then Anthony Rizzo, and we just swapped those in for Abreu, CJ Cron, and uh, Christian Walker here. Uh, and Rizzo's 11th and hurt. Yes. So uh, there is a potential factor there if we wanted to get into it. Sorry, who did you say was the other one that was off the list? Uh, who, the first name you mentioned. Trey Mancini. Before him, you had said someone else. Andrew Vaughn. Thank you. That's, I was just going to look him up because I, th- I thought I, I saw that he was doing just fine, um, which well, is like, not fine he, enough. Yeah, exactly. And like, I, I still feel great about him moving into the top 10 in a five year stretch. Right. And that's, that's how we do our off season ranks. As everyone knows, that's a regular listener. Uh, but at the same time, CJ Cron is a guy that both of us liked the upside of him in Colorado. I sniped him in the home league before you could even think about him. Um, but at the same time, you know, we also vetted him further back in our list because of the five-year window. So, you know, those are the things that are a little bit different when we put our list together. Um, I feel a lot worse about Mancini in this list now than I did at the beginning of the year because I expected, you know, a little bit of an opportunity when he was traded. Didn't expect him to go to be a bench bat in Houston, right? Like that was Yeah, same thing with Vasquez, right? It's like Houston didn't want to disrupt the starters. They just wanted to make themselves uh, or cover themselves very well in the event of injury. That's right. So, so Andrew yeah, Vaughn tie for the season. Yep. Uh, Vaughn's got a 283 average, which is great. Uh, well above league average. Yep. 781 OPS. That's where the dip is in its power related. 15 dingers to this point uh, in 442 at bats. And for the record, everybody last year in his um, not at all impressive rookie season in 417 at bats, he also had 15 dingers. That's leading me to believe that there could be the beginning of a pattern where he is an average doubles type guy 
uh, which means he needs to be, you know, somewhere in the, the four, five, six of your lineup so that he's driving in runs. He's got basically identical runs to this same point in at bats last year, 55 to 56. The RBIs this year are way up. And that's thanks to where he is in the order, uh, 66 ribbies right now. So he is going to be somewhere in the seventies depending on, you know, what exactly happens. Um, but the K rate is what has went down for him and that's great. Um, but he's not walking as much. So we're still seeing him settle in and, and he's been playing, you know, outfield and all those things. Really it's a Brayu moves on and off to somewhere else. And Vaughn hopefully would move into first base and settle in there. Yep. I completely agree. Uh, moving into the last two weeks of the year, like we've got, obviously, as you mentioned before, a, a long range of guys that are probably are on more of your rosters than mine, Robbie. Um, so I will, I will pass it to you. These, this is just a list of Robbie guys. No, it's not. I don't actually one, two. Okay. I roster a few. Um, so the <laughs> best guy the last two weeks has been Ty France with Seattle. Uh, Joey, Menensis with Washington. This is like the classic who from where. Um, this is what happens when you have at bats available and a weak system is mm-hmm. guys like this can come up and get time. And, and it's great and to Luke see that he's... as the incumbent starter. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's great to see that that there's possibly somebody for next year, right? A flyer type guy. But when we get into the outfield, you're going to see another Washington guy who's been a big disappointment to me um, for his for his peaks. But as far as like the worst he's been, it hasn't been too bad, but that's just a teaser for later. Freddie Freeman, uh, he's still up there. Ryan Mountcastle, who has had a weird season, really. Very weird, very inconsistent season. Uh, year-end numbers are going to be confusing to people, uh, but week to week, he has not been an ideal guy to have in head-to-head. Um, Nathaniel Lowe with Texas putting together a decent year. Jose Miranda with Minnesota. Yandy Diaz, uh, he's been good. That's He's, he's the third baseman, but he's also got yep. first base eligibility. Christian Walker with Arizona, um, who we mentioned before, is just having a good season. Seth Brown with Oakland, probably his best stretch of the year. He, Seth Brown's been really frustrating. Uh, Jerkson Profar, who's eligible at every position, um, including the entire outfield with San Diego. Uh, Michael Toglia, great to see. You know He's getting time with Colorado. Hopefully he's able to um, stick and move into the team or move on to the roster full-time next year. Nick Prado with KC and I included those last two guys because that's the youth of the list. Everybody else is except for Menensis is somewhat established. I guess Miranda, I'm sorry, I should have Miranda as well, but um, really it's again, it's veterans who are getting it done and the rookies who are trying to kind of chip away at it. And for the second straight position, we've got uh KC guy. So I don't know if that's good, bad or otherwise, but uh catcher <laughs> and first base KC has, a couple dudes. So the second base yeah. and shortstop are pretty similar tie. I don't know if you wanted anything else on first base or if we're good to move to that. No, I think we're good. I think the only one that I want to mention, just Nate low. Like I think he's hitting like three seventy two since the all-star break. So just the guy that's really figured it out. Like even last night in the Jays game, I watched um, hit a couple of laser beams over the, all over the field. And he's, I think he's second or third or maybe first he's in the top three or whatever in opposite field hits as well too. So a guy that can spray the ball. Okay. He's got some pull side power. Uh just just a really interesting guy that I know for us, Robbie, we've got him way down our list. Yes. Because we just we just weren't sure what he was going to be. Right. And and it was one of those we'll wait to find out moves on our part because the power wasn't there. Right. Like that was the big thing that I think caused both of us to hesitate was that there was no real consistency with with the power. Um, it seems to be there now. Um, and, and they were talking about it on the, the broadcast last night. I, I tend to agree. 
Like this guy is turning into a superstar slowly, a very Whoa. quiet one out of nowhere. I, I agree. Like he's making great contact and and doing it at a high level. So a, a guy that I think will profile very similar to like a Goldschmidt um, type. Holy, type profile. that's high praise. I, I just without the steals, like not the early career Goldschmidt, but like the current career Goldschmidt. He's got the hit tool, right? He's got a little bit of pop. Like, is he going to hit 40 home runs? No. But could he hit 30, 35? Like, he's going to be close to that this year. So, you know, there's there's a there's a real shot here for him to be a guy you can grab. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of offseason uptick on him as we get closer to drafts for next year. Oh, okay. I You know, I am going to have to look into that. Um, Nathaniel Lowe is not someone that I have had much consideration for. Uh, since the move well, from let, Tampa let's Bay. Just do this let's do this really quick because I think you're okay. probably not alone on that one. Like, well, my initial think... reaction when you started saying nice things was... <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so so what do you think the line looks like? Uh, oh, just keep playing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there, pause. Sorry, what was your question? What's my... What's, what's the line for the year? I don't know. Is he like a 265 hitter? 303, 24 bombs. No OPS, way. OPS of 860, 144 OPS plus. Oh my gosh. I have. Well, that's, I, and that's no. why I brought it up. Cause I think he's slid below a lot of people's radars. Yeah. I've Texas ignored him. Been so bad. Wow. So, so his, yeah. and so wait, so if, since the all-star break, he's been a 374 hitter. Here, then pre all Well, I was going to say it's pre all-star. He must've been 260 something to bulk it up 40 points. Um, for the season first half 270 second half 363 is what he's at so it must have dropped a little bit last night but still i mean like credit to him yeah his ops is 1049 in the second half wow okay okay uh definitely gonna have to look a little harder into him for next year and then i mean if he's if he's a guy texas wants to keep there's no reason they wouldn't take a page out of the DePoto extension book and try to lock him in because they've already done that with their middle infield. So if you think he's, if he think he's part of your lineup long-term, wow. Okay. That's interesting. And lefty too, right? Which is right. And important. They kind of have a murder row lefty a little bit kind of building up there. So um, definitely you could have low Jung, Seager, young, young, okay. Young, sorry. And then whoever plays for Seager when he's hurt, uh, Semyon, like that could whew, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Bubba Thompson in, in Tavares this year, too. They've also turned that corner, oh, so they, I want a uh, Bubba Thompson episode in the in the offseason yeah, yeah. because we can go on to that, yeah, yeah. Like Leody Tavares and Bubba Thompson have the potential to be insane disruptors yeah. on the base pass for Texas for years to come. Yeah. Uh, Thompson more, but the fact that he was stealing a base so often in AAA and came up and despite not, you know, being a high average guy out of the gate was still swiping bags at the MLB tells me that he can do it. So it's, oh, yeah. you got to put him in a position to succeed and he's going to do it for you. And from a fantasy standpoint, everybody that's craving stolen bases, you need to really watch what in the heck Texas does this off season, how they're lining up their outfield. And if he can be in the top five for depth, like I think he's a lock well, for 30 and, plus and stolen bases. There's a, one of the things they announced yesterday with the rule changes was the bigger bases, right? And so mm-hmm. the thing that I didn't really think about, like I was like, okay, that sounds like a safety thing. But the thing they were talking about, and I never really realized this, was that if you think about it, it decreases the distance from one base to another. 
So naturally, sure. like think about, but think about it though. Like over the years, how many games have you watched where the guy that gets caught stealing, like was fractions right. away from touching close. the bag, right? So if you now give them an extra inch on both ends of that run, and I don't actually know how much bigger the bases are, but um, the reality is, if you give them that little extra, there's going to be that many more. Um, also, take away the shift. You know, they've got to be a little bit slower to get to the bag. All that other stuff is going to impact this stuff. So it'll be interesting. Assuming they're taking forward. leads as big, right? That's the whole point is assuming they take the same type of lead. And again, we're talking about a couple of inches on either side. And yeah. I mean, like my wife said, size is not at all important. <laughs> like it very secondary. Um, she was, she made it very clear. And I think that's how baseball people feel too. But, right. Right. But guys? you know, what's going to be the key moving forward though, is like the, the guys getting the pickoff moves. Right, you only get two, and then it's a balk. Right, so the reality oh, yeah. is let's not talk about the box, huh? With uh, Gosman and uh, that's, that's another yeah. episode. I know, but but if you think about how, <laughs> like, part of the game now is going to be the guy on first intentionally drawing the throw, right, trying to do it, yeah, so that he can steal on the pitch clock instead of the pitcher. So it's going to be a really interesting like strategy addition to the game. I'm I'm really excited about it to be honest. I I like what they did. I might be in the in the very small minority of that, but I I love the changes that they made. There will be an adjustment period, and there will be some teams. I'm just thinking specifically the historically like the Kansas Cities of the world who just don't make adjustments when other teams do. But then there can also be times where uh, teams focus heavily on one aspect of something, like a rule change in that that regard, uh, like a Tampa Bay, and they could really try to just hammer that home and take advantage and expose teams. You know, like teams do with a catcher that poor uh, throws poorly and things like that. So anyway, yeah. off-season discussion for that one. Second base, um, shortstop, you're going to hear overlapping names. So we'll try to kind of, we're not officially grouping them together, but you get the idea here because Trey Turner is listed as both because of his time last year uh, when he came over with Corey Seager still healthy. So uh, he has been the best second baseman uh, this year. Marcus Simeon, second. Jose Altuve, third. Tommy Edmond, then Brandon Drury, First with Cincinnati now with San Diego. Jake Cronenworth, that's a little bit of a surprise for me. Luisa Rees with Minnesota. Andres Jimenez with Cleveland. Jeff McNeil, Ty France. Uh, Wilmer Flores with San Francisco. DJ LeMahieu with the Yankees. And I added and made sure to put on this list the fact that Brendan Rodgers is there. Good for Brendan Rodgers. We always hate when prospects come up and don't do what we want them to do. And then um, one of their teammates comes up and gets a $200 million contract. Uh, don't you know what I'm talking about, Mr. Kelnick? But um, <clears throat> good to see Brendan Rodgers on there, Ty. There's, to me, there's a lot of variety that I wouldn't have expected this this year, headed into this year. Um, Ariz has always been the average guy with Minnesota, and he's got four position eligibility, um, first, second, third, and left field with Minnesota. And I, what did, did I do this in? A league where you needed, I think, 10 minimum 10 appearances at a position, something like that. I tried to make it high. So Ariza has been moving around quite a bit. Um, and then Wilmer Flores, but that's like San Francisco, right? Just yeah. put a guy in a position to succeed. And he has, so yeah. the, the star studded names are there um, where you see, but it's, it's kind of short stops that are well, the, second the real, base eligible. Yeah. But the real problem here is that this is the entirety of the stars at second base. Like the mm. only one that's missing is Ozzy Albas and that's because he's been hurt. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, to no fault of his own, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yep. it's, it's sad at the state of the position, which is, you know, you and I talked about this. I don't know if it was in an episode or, or offline, but, like, Tommy Edmund is a guy that everybody hated on in draft season this year. 100%. Because he was going too high. 
but like he's done everything that you wanted him to do as an early pick. He's still bases. He's hit for average. He's thrown in a little bit of pop here and there, and he's giving you multiple positions. So like, you know, that's a guy that I think was really unheralded in draft season this year, uh, really underappreciated at a shallow position. Um, the same can be said for Jeff McNeil and indeed in Wilmer Flores, like you're saying, and, and you know, the second base last two weeks has a lot of the same, but I will say this, there are some guys here that are the future of this position, right? Some, some guys that are going to add a little bit of that depth at the second base spot. Um, and I'll, and I'll let you lead into that since you've got the nice highlight going. Yeah. Well, I'm just wanted to make sure the one guy that we had in our top 10 that you and I disagreed on was Jonathan India. And he's been good over the last two weeks and been, you know, okay for the season, but he's not a top 12 guy. Tommy Edmonds leading it the last two weeks. Altuve, Simeon, Nico Horner, Ty France are the top five. And then uh, Eduardo Escobar with the Mets, then India story, Jose Miranda, who again, we talked about multiple position Edmundo Sosa with Philly. And that's really, I mean, the last two weeks, Sosa's been great the last two weeks, but he doesn't have a long-term spot. Even uh, Nick Maton with Philly was good pre-injury for himself. Uh, then Von Grissom, which a great story. Love the fact that Von Grissom's up. Love that he's doing well. Uh, and then Luis Garcia with Washington, who is rounding into an MLB player. Now, uh, Luis Garcia at the end of this year, I believe will just be forgotten in Dynasty. And depending on how your teams are set up, he's a target that I think everybody should have on um, in a league that I had to trade him away in. I was upset at the tr the fact that I needed to trade him away um, to get a deal done, but it was one of those, I want to win this year and I will deal with the future uh, because of, because I think I'm going to have a hole with, with him, with Garcia, not on my team, but then you got other guys who can fill in, uh, Nico Harner with Chicago has been good. I was really hoping to, I really, really hoping that Nick magical would have found his way onto this the last two weeks, but, um, it's not to be now he did. He was good a couple of weeks ago. Like he had a stretch of 400 baseball, but that's just expected. In, well, you know, in my mind, that he needs to do that because he has not been a good cub um, injuries aside, like just the playing time or the playing the play this season was really poor prior to the injury. And they extended his IL and rehab stint because of the fact that he was coming back slow and just wasn't spraying the ball. But um, Jonathan India on this list is the only one. And then I, th I guess Trevor Story is going to be a second baseman, right? So yep. um, once we hit the offseason, we reset our ranks. It's going to be based on you know, Trevor story included in that, in this group now. So that's right. Um, yeah. yeah I, Anything. Well, I just want to say this. Like, I don't necessarily think we disagreed on India. Just the fact that I thought he was going to be bad this year, which was the point, you know, it was that his sophomore slumps a thing, right? So, you know, you look at a guy like magical facing similar kind of at bat timelines, right? We're going to see Jose Miranda go through it a little bit. Von Grisham is going to go through it. Luis Garcia is in the middle of it. Right, They're, like there's just guys that are gonna face these these dips, um, and and we're gonna we're gonna see it. It's just how it is. Uh, so I, I think that's the one thing to watch for with second base over the next couple of years because you are gonna have some of those new guys like um, what's the kid in Pittsburgh that we're gonna see in a couple of years? Uh, Jay Wambe. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you know, that's a. The college joke. bat and everybody Nick Nick Gonzalez, right? Oh, yeah. Is a guy that I think is gonna see a little more struggles. Nolan Gorman's having some contact struggles, right? Mike right. Moustakis, sorry, no, just kidding. Uh I think I think Jordan Westberg with Baltimore is gonna have the struggles. I know he's not at this moment, but I was asked what 18 months he, ago to do a dive on him. And when I did the dive, I was like, I have I have some concerns. 
Um, I was told I was wrong, but I mean, we'll find out. Yeah. Right. I was told I, I was, I was projecting MLB. Um, and I was told that, uh, there will be a way in which he is, his swing is adapted. And I said, that's a tough thing to ask of a successful college hitter. Hey, you know how you were good in college? Okay. We're going to change a lot of things and then you're going to be a pro ball player. And so far from what I've seen, nothing's changed yet, which means that yeah. when, uh, when he comes up now, I, I want everyone to succeed, right? We always do, but uh, a guy like that, you, you got concerns with. So, uh, do you know who's the guy I'm actually, the IL, by the way? Do you know who's the guy I'm actually surprised didn't make the last two weeks? Sure, it's Kevin Biggio. I'm He's been solid, saying, Ty. Yeah, he has been really solid, and that's that's a guy that, like, I think you can steal this offseason. Um, I think yes. he's going to have an expanded role next year because I think you, you're already seeing um, Espinal get pushed to the back of the line in Toronto. It's yep. already happening. He's getting very minimal at bats at this point. So if John just, Schneider returns, uh, Kevin Biggio will safely be in four of six games a week. I think I think that they'll they might move him like he's not. Let's get over the Ben Zobris BS that everybody wants to pin on anybody who can play two positions. Um, Kevin Biggio brings a different approach to the aggressive first half of the order in Toronto. He can, you know, extend at bats eight, nine pitch at bats is something he can do. And they could certainly ask him to do that to wear pitchers out more when you've got guys like Springer and Vlad who sometimes just go hard for the first pitch. Um, you you need a Biggio balance in your lineup. And I think, you know, Espinal's not hasn't been good, like he was an all-star, but since Biggio came back up, I think he's been 258 or 260. Yep. Whenever I looked last a couple days ago, he was like a 260 hitter since his, since his um, promotion. So he's been above league average, and, and he's at the back of the lineup. Right. And that's the, th it's, it's his patience. That's what he does different than a lot of the Toronto hitters. He's, he's just patient. not letting, they jump on him. He's just not letting the early pitches slip by as much as he used to. That's the big thing that I've noticed. He took he's, too many strikes. He's for looking years. for a, like, he's not swinging at everything, but he's, if he gets the pitch he's sitting on, he's, he's taking a rip. Whereas before he wasn't. So I think that's the big jump that I'm seeing. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that because he has been good the last couple of weeks. Now we'll do the short top of the season first. Um, your, audio, your audio went there, buddy. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but, yeah, it went. you're a robot now. So uh, I'll dive into shortstops uh, while Robbie figures out the audio here. Um, shortstops last two weeks, I mean, if you don't know, Bo Bichette's hitting the ball really well. Um, so that's just a thing. Um, you know, Elvis Andres basically – was a fire lit under his ass when he got to Chicago, which is phenomenal. You love to see it. Uh, but as a guy that is is shredding his former Oakland athletics and, and is just hanging on to father time here. Tommy Emin, we mentioned in second base. Sander Bogretz is a guy that we we know and love, obviously. Um, but there's obviously a couple guys here. O'Neill Cruz has been phenomenal over the last seven or eight days. Uh, we mentioned the the piss missile that he hit. Um before the show here, but uh, when I was in Pittsburgh on Sunday, um, Carlos Correa, obviously huge home run against the Yankees uh, last night uh, or no Thursday night, sorry, uh, which was, was big, but and then you got some guys that we've already mentioned. Simeon uh, Horner uh, IKF is interesting that he's on this list. I'm surprised Yankee fans allowed him to be on the list. Um, Trevor story is here. Uh, Danzy Swanson's also here. So, this list is interesting. Like a lot of guys, you uh, you know, you expect, but some guys that are, are kind of off the board. Like if you're if you 
waiver wired Elvis Andres this week. You're having a good week. Uh, that's the best week Elvis Andres has had since like 2014. So that's that's kind of interesting. But Robbie, any surprises for you in that group? Nothing on the two week group, but for the season, there's some interesting names towards the bottom. Yep. So, uh, the for the season, Trey Turner, Lindor, Simeon, Bichette, and I mean, we can thank the last what three weeks, Bichette getting into that top four, but that's okay. You know, it's September baseball too. If you're in fantasy playoffs, Bo Bichette is your boy right now. Dansby Swanson getting it done again. Then Corey Seager, Tommy Edmond, um, you know. Hello, Tommy. I've been back as Xander Bogarts, <laughs> then Bobby Witt, which is great. You know, I'm so glad Bobby Witt has stabilized really again. Like we, we want these players who are highly uh, desired prospects to come in and do well. It's great when they do it from the start, desired. but yeah, Witt has been, I would say a slow burn, uh, but it's, it's going well. Jake Cronenworth. Then we get into kind of an interesting Willie Adames. I'm happy to see that he's back. That's what that's what interests me about this. It wasn't just a he's out of T Bay and he's doing well. And then Eugenio Suarez, uh, who my boy Jerry Depoto is very happy about. He doesn't want to talk a lot about Winker, but he's happy to talk about Eugenio because they figured <laughs> with the money that he was going to get paid, um, they needed it to be between his Cincinnati peak and his Cincinnati floor. They thought as long as he's in that realm of middle and not floor. They're going to be happy. And he's been like a really consistent top 200 fantasy player this year in, you know, you name the format and he hasn't had the hot streak where there's like six dingers in a week. And then he, he just sucks, but I think he's been pretty, pretty consistent. The average is not there of course. Right. So if you're, if you're five by five with average, you're not nearly as big a fan um, because you're banking on him to be a run RBI machine to make up for that. And then the last guy is um, Ahmed Rosario with Cleveland and like, He's damn good. Like, yep. <laughs> you know, that, that has trade, a lux- luxury of riches uh, up the middle. Yeah. Like that trade with Lind- for Lindor. Um, I mean, Cleveland, what are they leading the division tonight? Like they're right there. It hasn't hurt Cleveland, which we all knew was going to happen. Like it wouldn't happen. Right. Like they would just somehow be okay. But the fact that they've got a couple of guys in Jimenez and Rosario who were part of that trade coming back and doing good things right away, or I guess we're a season removed from the trade. Um, it's, it's just good. It's good on Cleveland for, for it. We all were like, Oh, come on, you know, now trade Jose Ramirez who they haven't done, but um, yeah. that'll be the next one. That'll be, that could be this off season. So anyway, Ty, on that locked, list, they locked him up. I don't think he's going anywhere now. Well, uh, I we'll see. But we the one thing just, see. just on that Cleveland note, like Chicago yeah. is currently sitting one game back. So they're going to sit one and a half game. I, I told you this months ago, Robbie, that the White Sox were going to win that division. And I still feel that that's how that's going to play out. And, and nobody's quite aware yet, because Chicago has had such a weird season, that they still hit the piss out of the baseball. Um, they just unfortunately give out, give up a ton of runs. Like They've scored the most runs in their division um, at this point. And that's with some of their best players being hurt for a good chunk of the season. So just flagging that. Um, jumping into third base, so uh, one of my favorite position, the hot corner, uh, Jose Ramirez, Machado. This is the season ranks, Austin Riley, beautiful, Nolan Arenado, Bregman, Devers, Witt Jr., Brandon Drury, yeah, um, Eugenio Suarez, <laughs> uh, Luis Aries, uh, Yandy Diaz, and Matt Chapman. Uh, this is a pretty solid list, like, this is yeah. some of the best of the best fantasy contributors here. Uh, it really has been a, a powerful position. This year, I mean, the bottom of this list is really the only interesting spot. Brandon Drury, 
career year. Like I think that's it's safe to say that at this point. If he yep. somehow continues this into next year, I, I would be surprised myself. I'm not betting on extended success for Brandon Jury. If you choose to do so, uh, buyer beware. That's that's everyone's prerogative. I'm not going to do that just because he's had these peaks and valleys before. This is just the longest one that he's had. So uh, I'll leave that one there. We talked about the other guys before. The only one I want to flag here is Matt Chapman. Um, I have to say, like, before Matt Chapman's in Toronto, I'm like, yeah, okay, this guy's got some tools. He does some things. He's obviously good defensively. But I'll tell you what, like, I talk about this a lot when we talk about Machado, Robbie. Like, he hits the ball so hard directly at people all the time. And if you're only looking at his stat line, you're missing the point. Like, this guy is just waiting for a string of good luck. Like, he just doesn't get it. Uh, The amount of hard balls he's hit at shortstops at third bases this year our third baseman this year and to the outfield. Like it's just, it's a lot like he hits 230, but I, I would love to see what his batting average uh, on balls in play would be for, for hard contact. I would just love well, to see it. it. It can't be good. I, I would say to your point on, you know, feeling good about Chapman and dynasty moving forward. Um, his line is better than last year across the board. If you take OPS average, um, Kata, K per nine uh, walk percentage is about the same stolen bases. You know, that's not his thing, but he still has stolen two this year. His RBI total uh, on average will be, you know, if he continues rest of season will be higher than last year, Uh, 72 last year, 66 right now. He's got 24 dingers had only 27 last year, not only had 27 last year. So he's right in line with that. And then uh, runs are, are bang on at the moment, but he last year had, 529 at bats at 75 runs. He's got 80 less, sorry, 70 less at bats right now and only three less runs. So he's been a more productive player, uh, but he he's had the peak that we saw. I don't know if it was about a month ago, maybe somewhere around there where he was a top 10 guy for two ish weeks, something like that, where he just, you know, he clicked. Um, but he also started very slowly. Like April, May was not at all good for Matt Chapman. So the fact that he is in a top 15 position, I think is a good thing right now. I was just looking in our home league tie where we have eight by eight uh, settings. And this includes uh, pitchers as well. He's 155th ranked overall. Uh, Brandon Drury, I I agree with you on that. Uh, Eugenio or Suarez, again, like a forgotten soldier here. Uh, Luis Ariz is going to be, I think, probably one of the harder guys to acquire on this list who's not a superstar. Because, uh-huh. you know, from Witt, Devers, Bregman, Arenado, Riley, Machado, Ramirez, you're just not getting those guys. No one should willingly be trading them unless you're all, you're giving them back, you know, two stud type dudes plus. Um, but Ariz would be a very hard guy to acquire because of that elite average that he's got. And depending on how the season ends, I would almost say if I had to pick a guy from here to go for, it'd be Yandy Diaz. And that's so risky with Tampa Bay. But I mean, he's just been getting it done. Like I I kind of alluded to it earlier, like shockingly good on a team that has disappointed. Now, a lot of Wander Franco uh, IL time this year, which of course, when Tampa Bay moves all the bodies around, that means that, you know, Isak Paredes is going to be moving to uh, third base where Yandi is or to first, like, you know, you know what I mean? Ty, just at bats disappear when everyone's healthy in Tampa Bay. Um, but we shall see now that that Meadows trade earlier in the year certainly looks different now uh, with Tampa Bay <laughs> when, sure you know, does. they gave him up and Meadows was hitting for a decent average that had no power. And now he's out the rest of the year. 
that'll be we'll have to discuss the misses from this year yeah right uh, after the there, actual season there's over, been some that's, bad ones yeah especially when we go back to you know we don't like to dive into the adp a lot because it it we get upset as the season prog- or as the off season progresses because people put more and more weight into the draft but we're dynasty guys that's the whole point of the podcast is help dynasty players but we've just noticed how much um high you know quote unquote high stakes fantasy baseball has taken over especially through twitter with the value of players and you get a guy like uh you know austin meadows who's supposed to be a top 100 type guy and he's no dingers in a month and then gets hurt and he's out and then Isak Prades, who was part of that deal uh comes over goes to the minors and now look at his line he's just been like productive as an mlb or he's actually been better than meadows because he's been hurt um, but that's just one of those weird things where you get a guy that moves around because they go to Tampa, whereas somebody else moves to Tampa or is in Tampa, like Yandy Diaz. We, we step back from him because we don't know what the hell Tampa's going to do to him. You know, like you players need positions. And well, when you go to Tampa, that's the only thing you can say for sure they don't have. They don't have guaranteed playing time. Well, and the other thing, too, is that like with Diaz, we've seen up and down over several years, right? So it's like we've seen this Yandy Diaz before. Yeah. But then we've seen the other guy. Right. And that's the unfortunate <laughs> yeah. part, right? Like yeah. the pinch hitter too. <laughs> yeah. Right? He went for a stretch where he wasn't starting, but would go into games, might have one, two at bats, finish off like the seventh inning type defensive replacement kind of, you know, that's, that's what he was with Tampa. And we're like, ah, he's better, you know, yep. he's better than, uh, what was it? J man Choi. He's, you know, you need him to be in the lineup versus all these other guys. So, uh, but the last two weeks tie for third baseman, just to round out and then finish off on the infield. Machado, Justin Turner, who has had a shockingly good line for everybody being, you know, upset about Justin Turner. Eduardo Escobar with the Mets, Jose Miranda, Rafael Devers, Yandy Diaz on the list. Edmundo Sosa, we also mentioned him at second base, I think. David Villar with San Francisco. He's such a just what a weird if you're screwed, you know, at third base, go get you some David VR and just cross your fingers, right? If you're yeah. playing for something, you don't want to do it. Gloria gets hurt again. <laughs> yeah, that's that. It's just you just don't know, right? And then Matt Chapman and Bobby Witt and that one off. And it, yeah, third base is it. I, we're back. I think Ty. I think it's safe to say we're back to the studs of the position, first and third. The corner infields can anchor your team, yeah. and we have the bonus of a ton of middle infield collectively depth heavy on the shortstop side. And then you could, you know, you could choose the uh, Marcus Simeon or Trevor story type converted shortstop to second base to try to, you know, be be like, you can get a little dicey with that. But I I just think overall, if we're talking about setting up a dynasty roster now, you know, startup league, what do you want to do with your infield? I would say cover your corners first, because there's a ton of depth elsewhere, but you really are going to benefit from, the top five of those guys more so than I think anywhere else. Yeah, I would agree. Um, outfield is, is what we got left here in the position side. Um, Aaron judge shocking. Number one yeah. on the, the season list. Uh, good for him. Shocking. Shocking. Also, uh, number one in the last two week list. <laughs> Fun yeah. fact. Um, Mookie Betts, Kyle Tucker, Tommy Edmund, <laughs> surprise, surprise. He's uh, everywhere. <laughs> Garcia, Cedric Mullins, uh, Randy Rosarina, Julio Rodriguez, Starling Marte, Jordan Alvarez, and Kyle Schwarber. Now, that's a good list. If, you, if you're in anything but points, you're going to be like, what? Uh, there's going to be some guys that aren't ranked accordingly based on that. Like Cedric Mullins is not in this list in most formats. 
I'm going to check and see where he is in our home league because I can do that very quickly through the magic of Yahoo. Cedric Mullins is 74, Ty. And this is 8 by 8 Cedric Mullins is the 74th best player. Um, it's he he's scored like under 20 runs again. Oh, no, okay. he's got he's All got 30 right. stolen bases again, 75 runs. Uh, 53. I've RBI, always wondered that when they do all these rankings, like it does stolen bases get slanted? Like it just, it always seems like the stolen base guys do very <laughs> mediocre stuff elsewhere and they get slanted up that list somehow. Anyway, we'll leave it there. I just, something that has always irked me a little bit when I see guys like that ranked higher than, um, you know, than a Starling Marte who also has stolen bases, but has notably been better than Cedric Mullins for most of the season. So just, that's the point I'm making. Um, well, anyway. Adolis Garcia tie is another guy that I was a little surprised to see here, but now when I'm looking, he's he's just. Uh, I think I was looking at his OPS and I was like, oh, okay, I say I see what happened here. He he dropped off, but last year he finished at 740 OPS. This year he's at 733. But league average, you know, 248 hitter, 30 sorry, 23 stolen bases, um, which is up over last year, and 22 home runs so far. And but you know what runs- he is. What? He's a poor man, five category guy. That's what he is. Absolutely, yeah, I right? I agree. Like he's he has established himself um, with this second season, and then Kyle Schwarber, who I think is somebody who a lot of people be like, what? How in? How can he possibly? You know, how can Schwarber be on any oh. list that's like possibly good? And you can thank you know just the way of the world, right? He's been really really bad recently. 209 average the last month, but 212 average for the year. Uh, it's power. It's yep. like it's all or nothing for Schwarber. He's got 36 bombs on the year, only two in the last month. He's he's not there to get on base. He's there to clear the bases. That's what he's, his job is. They've got yep. OBP on that team, so they don't they need the power, right? So I was that, I like that acquisition for Philly actually. Um, but you know, if we look at the last two weeks here, the list is is basically identical. Um, in fact, it, it actually is identical. Um, so oh, I muck that sure. up. Oh, I'm not sure if that geez. was on purpose, but at the Cut end of the day, and paste skills. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second, Ty. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, it. one thing I want to talk about. Oh, it's touch way on off. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one off. thing I'll touch on really quick while Robbie fixes that a little bit. Uh, it's just you know, a couple guys in this list moving forward, like Julio Rodriguez for me. Uh, is he the best player in baseball? Maybe. But is he the best fantasy player in baseball? I'm not so sure, Robbie. And this is one that I'll, I'll say while you're trying to do another task so you can't get too fired up about it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, um, I, I have concerns about his longevity as a fantasy star. Um, not that he can't be very, very, very good, but is he comparable to an Acuna or a Betts or a Judge? I, I don't know that he's there. Maybe he'll get there. I think he has the potential to be there. I just have a ton of concern that he's he's not going to have the hit tool uh, to do it. The power's there, the speed's oh, okay. there. Uh, I'm just I'm not sure that the contact stays where it's at right now. Um, you want me to tell I'm, you I'm, something that might it won't blow your mind, but um, something please. that you will definitely be surprised at. Uh, in my brain, a little more than a week ago, I decided to dive in with the Julio. Um, you know is where is he going to be realistically, right? Like, where should you put him? What are we going to do with dynasty ranks? And then updating on old RobbieBaseball.com, sorting out after I posted my um, dynasty rankings, 
Uh, again, I, I put them all up in August top 300 because I was getting a lot of people asking what's going on here, what's going on there. I said, you know what? I'm going to put it out because I know it's going to piss off Roto Ronnie and that just makes me feel good um, because when Eric Cross posts anything, Ronnie loses his S and that <laughs> makes me happy. So I said, I'm going to do it for my website. So I did. But the big thing I was battling between is how high up is Julio Rodriguez potential, the ceiling versus the floor. And here's the player who I think is right there with him, who I don't know who the hell would agree with me today, but over the next five years, we're going to see it play out. Michael Harris is right there with him. If you want to say Julio Rodriguez is a top five fantasy guy, you have to say Michael Harris is too. The reason being they are nearly identical in production right now and you cannot tell me michael harris is on a team that is not going to be able to put up a billion runs ahead of him and behind him in his lineup he is going to be an rbi and a run machine for years to come and what are you going to tell me about seattle are they as good and locked in no they're not for the contracts like atlanta has studs Riley, Acuna, Albies, Michael Harris locked up long-term. Von Grissom's going to be there for years. That's five dudes. They also have two of the top 15 catchers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I just referenced catchers to try to say <laughs> something positive. What I'm getting at, though, is that there's just production in Atlanta, right? We know that's going to happen. Michael yeah. Harris has a spot. And it's, I mean, it's a credit to him for being able to earn it. Whereas you have Julio Rodriguez getting hype of the industry. I, I don't know that that there's going to be a distinguishable difference between their stat line at the end of this year and then c- cumulative back to opening day 2022 to the end of the 2026 season. I think they will be real close. Like, I just don't know what he's going to is, is Rodriguez going to steal 50 more bases. I don't know. I don't think so. So yeah, my I mean, dynasty dollar is going to be on Michael Harris where I don't have julio rodriguez i would be looking to get michael harris yeah i I tend to agree with you in terms of the cost of acquisition for sure i I do think the ceiling is significantly higher for rodriguez i I just think that's a fact um just the physical tools are just better um it's not to say that michael harris doesn't have some i've got both going okay so can you do it through our home league just so that we've got the same categories runs home runs rbi stolen bases walks strikeouts average ops I've got it all here. Okay, so uh, you take on you take Rodriguez, and I'll take Harris because I'm going to be the Harris hype man, which is weird for me because I'm going against the Seattle guy. This, yeah, I think this hurts. Um, at bats, 327 for Harris. Yeah, we're 472. Okay, so runs 63 for Harris. 74. So that's comparable when you level out. Yeah, I'm uh, not arguing that they're not comparable at any home level, runs just for the record. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 16. Again, we're within we're within realm of uh, per at bat. 52 RBIs. Uh, 68. We're still close. Stolen base is 16. 24. All right. The little bit of an edge there to Julio. Absolutely. Um, Walks 16 for Michael Harris. 38. That's that's a difference right there. Strikeouts 85 for Michael Harris. 137. Okay. So we're. Uh, and then I guess we go to average here, 312 for Harris. Uh, 271. All right, edge to Harris on that. And then eight. So, and I and I want to flag this, Robbie, because this is yep. where my point's coming from. 262 in the second half. And that's with a boost over the last seven days, too. Like the last seven days, 
Last 14 days, 292. Last seven days, 375. So, you know, just as a notable trend yep. here, like with without a little bit of lift in the last week, like that average is in the 250s. And, you know, that's that's a notable dip of production. And you go to fewer, you go to fewer categories. Like we're talking eight different categories right now. If you don't care about strikeouts, um, but you care more about average, then Michael Harris becomes a more valuable asset. However, stolen bases, that's the, that's the thing. But um, by the end of the season, so sorry, what was the OPS? 897 is Michael Harris's. Um, Julio's 900 something, isn't he? Yeah, it was uh, 811. Oh, he's 811. Okay, so sorry. Harris has the edge on average OPS. And then the considerable edge goes, I guess, stolen bases. But the rest of it is within reach for Harris on a per at bat basis. So um, my point being, Michael Harris is going to be completely under the radar. Uh, he's 67th right now in this 8x8 format for the season. And he missed a lot of, well, not missed. He ha doesn't have um, the same amount of, of playing time. So I, I don't know. I, whatever. We can have the conversation in the office. I, lo I love this comparable for the record. Like I'm, I'm okay. right there with you. And and it kind of comes from where I started this conversation, which is, I think Julio is a little overrated right now. Um, and I yeah, think everybody's very overrated. happy. Yeah. And I, but I, I think there's room for concern because of their lineup construction in Seattle. Like they're a pitching and defense team. That's what they're yeah. built to be. Right. And that's, that's concerning for a guy that you want to give you, stats in fantasy baseball definitely now the last two weeks i was able to pull it up because i'm not that dumb um so best in the last two weeks has been mike trout then jake mccarthy of arizona what aaron judge is third tommy edmund uh randy Arizona, arena eloy jimenez then there's michael harris and then there's michael a taylor come on casey <laughs> uh AJ Pollock like stolen bases like yeah, AJ <laughs> Pollock with the White Sox too though and then Dalton Versha who, who again catcher and then the last guy on the list ties the guy who I spoke about earlier in the podcast um very frustrating season Lane Thomas with Washington so yep. this list has so much volatility so much different dynasty value um but the biggest ones to me Mike Trout cuz when Mike Trout's playing and he's healthy this is where Mike Trout is but he's going to be forgotten now. Do you think, Ty, a significant, um, it's not a bump, but a significant move in the dynasty rankings needs to be made for Trout simply because we are now entering like a known chronic health issue there, you know, again, he's going to be a year older for next year and so on and so forth as the years pass. Do no. we just need to hit legacy runs? He has 30 home runs. Like he still has 30 home runs. So like, you know, to, to he's still Mike Trout. He's not going to steal 40 bases. Like, that's the only thing. So, you know, I, I feel the exact same way about uh, Acuna. I do not think he's going to steal as many bases long-term as he has. The okay. strikeout numbers are going to balance him out. And so, although Acuna is much younger, like, I think, you know, Trout's going to hit 35 home runs this year in just over 400 at-bats. Amazing. Right? It's incredible. Like it's yeah. what it's going to be, right? And so, uh, and his how team do you will move... be eighteen games under five hundred. Correct, but but from a fantasy <laughs> perspective, how do you move that guy down the list? You can't. Well, you can't that's yet. where you have to get into non X stats, but also non fantasy stats oh. of, like I mentioned, age. The fact that like we have a we're, we have a known chronic health concern for him. Right. Um, but here's the but... thing: they they acquired the center fielder of the future at the trade deadline. 
he's moving to a corner outfield next season. Like that's a fact. The outfield oh will God. be. be so Mickey just so Moniak, everyone knows, he's Joe talking about Adele. Mickey Moniak. Oh it's going God. to happen. How do I mute you? Okay, <laughs> this, you're the same. This is the same conversation we had about Tyler O'Neill. This is the same one. It's coming. Mickey Moniak and Tyler O'Neill are not the I'm same guy. Mickey Moniak was right the number one now. pick in a year and slammed immediately as it. Uh, okay, so let me just really quickly lane Thomas for everybody because I know I was very excited for him this year. I'm, I'm sure I had him in my top 50 for outfielders because I just saw so much opportunity for him to play post-trade, and, and he did have it, and he had this Juan Soto guy who was behind him, driving him in, and uh, it was exciting and fun in Washington for me. I mean, they were losing, but I was enjoying what was happening. So last year, he finished the year with a 753 OPS and a 235 average, which is not not great uh, at any point. 753, you, you can deal with that for a non-power guy. Um, but this year, he's got a 249 average. I believe he's also been demoted this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, 725 OPS. So a slight improvement on the average. 25% K rate. Uh, you can live with that. The walks would it'd be nice if they were a little higher. He was, what's he, like 6% walk rate. So you need that to be a little bit better. Six stolen bases, which is what he had last year in about half the at-bats. That's definitely a disappointment for Lane Thomas. You wanted to see him somewhere in the teens. Um, and then he's in the high 40s, low 50s for runs and RBIs. But 15 dingers for Lane Thomas, Ty. Yep. Like he's going to be absolutely forgotten. Now it would be great if he'd had a little flourish and ended up with 10 stolen bases by the, by the end of the year. Um, and in the last month he's had three, so I don't want to say it can't happen, but uh, Lane Thomas is somebody who I think next year should just have an outfield job in Washington. There shouldn't be any issue with it. If someone says uh, to Washington, Hey, I'm kind of thinking about Victor Robles would be like deal. Sorry. What were you going to give me back? Um, just move him out move him on. Like if you want uh, Yadiel Hernandez to have some more at bats, what, you know, whatever you want to do in Washington, the Cesar Hernandez thing didn't work out, which sucks. But um, Washington's got a lot of things to move in the off season. I think Lane Thomas is going to be a waiver wire type last guy on someone's dynasty bench. You can go and acquire him for next to nothing. We're talking like Austin Voth kind of fantasy value right now for Lane Thomas. But he has legitimate categories that can help. Even five by five, 15 stolen bases from uh, in a five outfielder league is fine. A 249 average, again, that's fine. It's not hurting you. And that, that I think is his floor. So I think there's some value in that with him. I don't know so much about anybody else on this, like the Michael Taylors of the world, right? How many years he's going to kick with that. Um, but outfield overall is always very difficult to deal with. And you, that's where people's, I think in drafts really start to screw themselves over because they think stolen bases and average, that's the way to go about it. Uh, because you can get, you know, your power from your infield and what, you know, however team, however people want to go about building. Uh, but I feel like a guy like Lane Thomas is going to be just like Ken Bijou, completely forgotten, head into this off season and a very viable dynasty player moving forward. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. Uh, and he had flashes in and earlier this year where he looked like he was going to steal that job full time. So I, I think you know there's an opportunity for him to to do that over the off season. But I, I'm not ready to give up on Robles yet. Like I don't think he's going to be the guy that anybody want him to be. But I'm not ready to give up on him just yet. I think there's still there's still a guy that could be useful there. Um, I, I do think he needs to change the scenery though. So I think that'll be the time that I get excited about it is if he goes somewhere else with a different hitting coach and 
organization and all that fun stuff. But he certainly yeah. needs to change, you know, like he's got a 224 average, 587 OPS, uh, 14 stolen bases. That's his that that is the thing he provides you with because he's got no power. Four four home runs, 40 runs and 28 RBIs and 300 plus at bats. Like he has been year over year disappointment and this isn't like I'm not taking a shot at him as an individual as a guy who was rated across the board multiple season top 10 type fantasy player you know a lot of a lot of weighted trades were around Victor Robles going to a team Um, he has not at all panned out in multiple years yeah I agree and this is just where I like to do my work him Mickey Moniak I love getting those guys later um (laughs) They're just guys that that can be really useful, especially in your deeper formats, right? Like I, I just think they're underappreciated, uh, especially when injuries hit. Good guys to have on your bench. But uh, reality is, there's a there's a lot here. There's there's been a, a bunch of surprises, a bunch of things that we kind of expected this year uh, across all positions. But uh, if you've got questions about you know who to look for moving through uh, the off season, uh, out of these guys or anybody that you thought should have been on this list or could have been on this list in your format. Um, feel free to hit us up at Dingers Pod, and we'd be happy to answer for you. And I want to know who is playing for championships right now. Um, hit us up at Dingers Pod. I want to know the number of teams in your league and the format that you're playing. I currently I rolled into this fantasy baseball playoff season with two teams that were the top team in the league. Um, I am kicking the snot out of one team right now, and the other I'm in a buy. So when next week comes around, next next time we record, Ty, I will be playing um, and into the money in that and in several other leagues. I mean, one league I snuck into the playoffs. I can't imagine I'm going to beat out the top team right now. And then uh, it's all consolation crap after that. But in the two that I care about, <laughs> I am going for it. So I want to hear who else is all in. Um, you know, hit me up at Robbie Baseball One and we'll discuss it on on the next podcast is championship runs and other fun fantasy baseball things. Good stuff. And that's a great spot to leave it. It's been Tyler Rob here on Dingers.